what is up MCU cast friends? Uh, a lot of you over the years have asked us about watching the Fox X-Men movies. So, uh, it was one of the things that sparked us the idea of this new show that we are releasing today. Uh, it was actually released about a week ago, but it got on, it finally got on iTunes and we can finally kind of tell everybody about it. Um, it's on iTunes. If it's not on your podcatcher yet, let us know, but it's called bingers assemble. And, uh, this first, uh, series of episodes, we're going to be binging, uh, the Fox X-Men Marvel movies. Uh, so, you, you know, a lot of you over the years have asked us to cover them. Uh, we didn't think it was a good thing to cover on the MCU cast since it's not MCU, but we wanted to do it. And uh, and we had this new idea for a show, which I'm really excited about. It's called Bingers Assemble. Um, it is going to be us covering various franchises where we cover the entire franchise, every outing in the franchise, and then we cover the one that comes out in theaters. So this one, we're going to be covering all of the Fox X-Men movies, and then we're going to be covering New Mutants when it comes out, and kind of comparing and contrasting all the sequels. I love comparing sequels. I think it's a really fun way to talk about movies. So uh, we hope you do too. Uh, it just allows for all kinds of cool connections. Uh, you know, you, you all know I love deep continuity and uh, I like to judge these movies on how well they keep their continuity but I also like to just kind of discuss how the movies are made differently what different decisions do they make in the different outings in a, in a franchise that like either work or don't work uh, but also we're kind of recapping the series and so uh, that's what Benjamin's Assemble is we're going to be dropping one of these hopefully almost every week this year um the first one's going to be Fox X-Men uh, leading up to New Mutants. We're also going to do the Fast and the Furious series, uh, which I like. They're fun. They're they're silly fun, but they're fun. Um, so, we're, we're, uh, there's a couple others. We're going to be doing Ghostbusters. We're going to be doing uh, Bill and Ted, um, Good Top Gun. There's a lot of cool sequels coming out this year. And this entire year, we're going to be doing... All of those. So if you like that idea, please go subscribe to Bingers Assemble. Uh, also, we'll talk about it tomorrow, too, uh, on the main cast. But we're also going to be running a t-shirt contest. So if you go over to Bingers Assemble and uh, give us a five-star review or a like or whatever your thing is, Apple Podcasts is where it really helps us a lot. But if we get it from anywhere else, just send us a screenshot at mcucast at gmail.com and uh, we'll count it toward the contest and anyone that gives us some positive feedback and gives us a like and gives us a five-star review on apple itunes any of those things uh that will be counted toward the contest and we will send out an mcu cast shirt and we're probably gonna do it for a few weeks because uh we really really want as many reviews piled on bingers assemble because this is our first show me and jeff have launched since mcu cast we've each done disparate shows um, and this is going to be a larger stranded panda project like there's going to be other hosts involved but this is a me and jeff joint we came up with the idea uh, and we are launching it today so and it's going to be at least the first 11 episodes will be me and jeff talking about the Fox X-Men universe. So it's, if you like this podcast, there's no reason not to come over to Bingers Assemble because it's going to be Matt and Jeff talking about Marvel. Uh, and it's a, a Marvel property that a lot of you have asked us to cover over the years. And we, given time and resources and the fact that it wasn't the MCU, we always never got around to it, but we are. So 
in in kind of in memoriam because it's ending at New Mutants, and so we wanted to go ahead and cover all of it leading up to New Mutants. And I will stop talking now. And this is Bingers Assemble. Go subscribe. Go like it. Go leave some positive feedback and let us know you did to win a free MCU cast t-shirt. And here it is. Today on the Bingers Assemble, we are starting our lead-in to the New Mutants, watching all of the Fox X-Men movies. All that right after this. Welcome to the Bingers Assemble, the podcast where we rewatch movies so you don't have to. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Oh, well. So the idea behind this podcast, if it's your first time here, we are trying to rewatch movies and discuss them in a, sort of a quick and timely fashion. So you can literally watch, listen to uh, even just the first five minutes of each of these episodes, skip to the next one, and get the sense of what happens in each of these movies. Uh, but today, we're starting with X-Men, the year 2000, this movie 2000. came out. 2000. Yes. I remember where I was in 2000. Oh, yeah? Where were you? Middle school. All right, I dig it. Well, we're going to dive right in <laughs> to our first segment on Binge This. First first time on this first segment. By the way, this is kind of a pilot, so we may, this, some of this may change as we go. We're trying, it, we're trying things out. Yeah, we'll get funnier as time goes on. <laughs> no, I doubt that. I doubt that. Uh, okay, but that's fair. <laughs> the first thing we're going to do is what we call the shot. The shot. We're going to take our shot and who who do, would you like to take the shot this week or would you like me to take, I'll the, take shot? the shot I'll, uh, I'll set the precedent for what the uh, the shot is all right so what the shot is is jeff is going to have two minutes to give us a as full a breakdown of this movie as he can so jeff what happens what is the plot of X-Men from 2000. All right. So we start off with uh, basically uh, the whole 90s into early 2000s uh, kind of graphical intro, you know, going through the, the synapses and everything, going up a spine. It's it's the 2000s, you know, the Matrix took over, whatever, visuals. Uh, we get into uh, some flashback into 1945. We're still not in present day. We get Eric Lencher as a kid, but we don't know it's Eric Lencher as a kid. We just get kind of uh, the, the intro as, you know, Jews are being put into internment camps, and uh, mutants are some of those people. Boom, this is a little kid that uh, that is pulling on a, a, a wire fence and bending it all up, and the Nazis have to knock him out. Cut to finally present day, but it's not present day, it's sometime in the near future, the not-so-distant future, as they call it, where uh, we get our Anna Paquin character, Rogue, who doesn't have the white streak in her hair and a terrible accent and can't quite yet act. Uh, but she finds her acting ability later in the movie uh, as we move from her getting her first instance of power running away, uh, there's all the conflict in the Senate of of whether or not mutants are dangerous. And, you know, obviously Jean Grey is the only person that is even qualified to talk about that in front of the Senate because reasons. <laughs> and Eric Lyncher and uh, Charles Xavier are watching in the wings. Uh, they do their, their chess game with all of the uh, these people around them as their pawns, as is the want of the movie. We get the best uh, version of Wolverine that has ever been created, uh, you know, because it's the only one. Hugh Jackman is uh, in a cage doing his fighting, meets up with Anna Paquin's terrible character, and then uh, eventually we get your standard superhero movie where everybody comes together and has a weird name, and the mustache-twirling villain gets eventually stopped by our heroes. 
Ooh, two minutes. All right, so I think that was a particularly bad shot. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> if I had had three more minutes, it would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, you you chose. Uh, so this is this is us learning. Uh, you yep. chose to try to go. I focused scene. on the beginning a lot. Yeah, yeah. You you went, made it through about fifteen minutes of the movie, and then you said, "And then it's a superhero movie." So let it me is. try <laughs> with what is what we're calling the chaser. Uh, so Jeff Jeff took his shot. Now we're going to take our chaser, and that's going to be me with a one minute to try to fit in whatever Jeff left out. Which uh, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. All right. Here I go. I guess. Um, all right. <laughs> Starting the timer with my chaser. So, what did Jeff leave out? Lots of things. Uh, and I'm wasting time. I'm f- oh gosh, I'm wasting so much time. Uh, okay, so this is harder than I thought. This, this is a skill. This is a skill, and I didn't realize it was a skill. I thought we could just do it. We do so many other shows, we just talk, and now I've wasted 20 seconds. Okay, Magneto has a plan. His plan is to make humans care about the mutants by turning all of the leaders of the world into mutants. So he has a big thing in the sky inside of the Statue of Liberty that is going to turn everyone into mutants. They realize it, uh, and it's going to require Anna Paquin's character of Rogue. He's going to use her to uh, power his machine for reasons. And they try to use her. They can't. All of the people show up. They start to use her, and right before everyone's turned into a mutants, which uh, they realize later kills them all, uh, they stop Magneto in his tracks. That is that is my chaser. I feel like I at least got the main main plot in there. <laughs> It was a standard superhero movie. It Mustache was. twirling villain is going to do a thing, and you know he 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 tries to do his thing and then gets stopped by the team. At some point, somebody has to get kidnapped. I think we got that in there. That's our three. That's our three minute synopsis. <laughs> the be- best best shot uh, shot and chaser at our at our uh, three minute synopsis. Now we're going to talk about the characters in this movie and where they start, where they end, which I'm sure will flesh out this story even more. Absolutely. Let's get into who's it's and what's it's galore. Who's it's and what's it's galore is our next <laughs> segment. Uh, and <laughs> who's it's? Let's see. We got Wolverine. I feel like Wolverine is definitely the main character of this movie, um, which is a good choice. I think this movie is probably what made Wolverine Wolverine that he is today. You know what I mean? Uh, they could have chosen to focus on another character and it really wouldn't have. Uh, Wolverine would not have the same resonance he does today. I mean, obviously from the comics, he was also one of the most popular but yep yep uh, i think that they actually they had wolverine and rogue as our two lenses into this this world of the the x-men and honestly rogue in my opinion was the uh, the hopeful one and wolverine was the uh, the sarcastic uh, snarky skeptical sure, one sure. so wolverine was our skeptic into this world going cyclops storm what do you they call you wheels <laughs> yeah this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, and Wolverine like, is, a, is a funny character throughout. He's super grouchy, uh, which I think gives him a certain charm because he's... This is also just after the 90s. This is like just after the grunge era, everything had to be ironic. Like you couldn't just be a part of a superhero team. You had to be a part of a superhero team that you're making fun of. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, there, there, exactly. There's very little... Um, that All of the characters in this movie, including Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, Professor X, they're all... All of the ones who completely believe in what they're doing are all kind of viewed as nerds in this movie. Yep. 
I mean, he specifically calls them a bunch of nerds. Yeah, no, he absolutely does. Uh, and, and and so let, I, I think that Rogue is actually given a, you say she's our lens into this movie. I think she's given the short shrift in this movie because she is not um, given really anything to do. She's basically the uh, damsel in distress from the very beginning. Yeah. And, and the Wolverine's arc is he has the chance to help her in the beginning and tries to drive off. And then he can't drive off. So he's the reluctant hero. He lets her into his car and his truck. And then that leads him on this adventure. And in the end, the resolution of his arc is that he decides he's going to help her like for real, you know what I mean? And, and then that he, then he goes and not only does he help her in the sense that he goes to try to stop her from being kidnapped and used in the machine, but he also in the end when she is dead. So her power is, is if you don't know, her power is that she can touch a, a person and absorb their powers. And his power is that he has the ability to uh, heal. So to heal. at the end of the movie, really when she's dead, she's lying there. It looks like she is dead. The machine has, has chewed up all of her energy. It's one of the most touching scenes in the movie. He picks her up and holds her to him. So, and, and it looks like it's not working. It looks like she's actually dead. And Wolverine looks stricken by this, but then finally you see it in his face and he starts to, he, she starts to absorb his energy and therefore his powers and all of his wounds reappear on his face and in his body and his back. And it is actually really gruesome, like a really gruesome, gross scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was the there was the part earlier where he had to cut through his own chest to get out of the situation he was in. Yeah. Um, where, you know, his claws were pointed at him. And, you know, that that doesn't just go away. I mean, it no. does for him normally, but, <laughs> but it doesn't normally if once his healing factor is absorbed, which I, I thought that was a really touching scene, but also really gross, really gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. Having the blood just pouring out of his, uh, his leather, his black leather yeah. suit rather than yellow spandex. Uh, I, I think we can kind of buzz through these. I think Jean gray is a character without much arc. She is again, not given much to do. And she's kind of given, uh, she's just uh, someone that Wolverine can experience. And Wolverine is very much yeah. the, 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 the lens of this movie. And Jean Grey is a character that he, he tries to flirt with. And when she starts to shut him down, he won't let her, he go, he goes, anyway, let's talk about something else. He like changes the subject, but yeah. she actually, how's the professor gets here. How's the professor? Yeah. Gets, when, get, when she gets serious. Um, and so he's, he, while he's trying to hit on her sort of, and show her that he's interested, he's not willing to open himself up to rejection, which is, I actually thought that was a really interesting character moment for him. But again, for Jean Grey, She's just the the faithful companion of Cyclops, which I think we get the idea that they're together. Um, yeah, that we do. He says she's my girl, which I, yeah. th- one of the most character defining scenes for him, which make him look like a total makes him look like a total dope, is when he says, hey, oh, Wolverine says, "Are you here to say uh, stay away from my girl?" And he says, "If I say, if I had to say stay away from my girl, she wouldn't be my girl." And then they have a little bit more conversation, which that's kind of a nice line. It's a nice, like, talks about her having her own autonomy. And then the last thing he says before he leaves is, and stay away from my girl, which is like, I know it's it's a a Cyclops thing to do. It is. Well, at least this version of Cyclops, it's, he's just so, he doesn't have faith in himself. He's such, he's a nerd, man. He's, he's like the weird jock. He's like, the 90s liked to paint, uh, jocks as nerds, kind of like they wanted everyone to be cool and 
you know, they, they wanted everybody cool and sarcastic, and anyone that wasn't is 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 kind of the weird nerd that cares about stuff, and that and I, I don't really <laughs> miss that that '90s sort of thing. It's weird to care about stuff, man. Yeah, what are you doing caring about stuff? God, this version of Cyclops though was uh, was pretty on point with the um, the comics versions of Cyclops. He's always been just a, a douche, and yeah. I hate the character. <laughs> Interesting. So, I grew up liking like, Cyclops, but. I, I guess well, I was young. You know, that know. was that was the X Men, uh, the TV series in the nineties, right? Yeah, I did like that. <clears throat> yeah, and there he was like a, a competent field leader, but you know, in the comics, everybody has to have some sort of emotional arc, and his is always like, "I'm doubting myself as a leader. I'm not good enough." Or, yeah. you know, the flip side being, you know, why can't I just why can't I just live? I'm good enough. Yeah. I'm good enough to just live. I mean, you know, I'm a mutant, but grr. I'm mad. And I think the other, the other, the real only arc we get from Cyclops in this movie is, again, his reaction to Wolverine. He doesn't trust Wolverine. He thinks he shouldn't be part of the team. He shouldn't, he shouldn't go on the mission. And then when Wolverine agrees to basically go uh, sacrifice himself for Rogue, that's the moment when Cyclops goes, oh, he, he is one of us, you know, and yeah. that's, that's, I think that's really the only real arc. I think Storm does not get an arc in this movie. <laughs> At all, no. She's just no. a, uh, she's just Halle Berry being pretty and you know white hair and being pretty, being a badass for sure. Being a making, badass, making a classically bad joke and uh, what does what happens to a toad oh when he gets struck by lightning? Uh, same thing that happens to everything else, and then she just did strikes you, him with lightning. Such a bad joke. It's not even. A did joke. you notice? Did you notice though that that was one of like five lines that she had? Oh yeah, it's it's real bad. She's she's given nothing to do. Uh, let's talk about uh, Bobby again. Almost nothing to do. He's just a foil for Rogue. Yep. Um, Bobby is her 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 sort of boyfriend. I think uh, not really in this movie, but maybe in future movies. I, I maybe maybe I'm spoiling here. Uh, <laughs> not really a spoiler. <laughs> no, this, this is a rewatch. We're assuming everybody's already watched all this shit. Uh, kinda, kinda. But we're also talking about this one today. Uh, let's talk about all this. Some of these smaller yeah. characters before we get into really the meat of the last two characters. I think uh, you have a senator who wants to stop the mutants. At one point, he gets turned into a mutant, and uh, it's 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 actually a pretty interesting sort of. Quote question um on on whether the senator like would have would, would this have worked if you turn the senator into a mutant would he have started to understand mutants again like i actually really like magneto's plan here it's the whole if you walk a mile in their shoes you'll understand them so you know if we turn you into a mutant then you'll understand us yeah. right like that's how it should work can you force except someone kill to do him. that yeah except it kills him which i kind of thought was a cop-out on the Magneto side because I kind of liked Magneto's plan and the fact that Magneto goes through with it is just because he doesn't know that it's going to kill them. You know what I mean? And they tell him at one point, but it's, it, I think at that point he do, either doesn't believe them. There's no reason he would believe them or change his actions, you know? Yeah. He was already so far down the path. He was just like, Oh, uh, well, yeah, maybe the rest of them will live. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got three, three minor villain characters, Sabretooth, Toad and Mystique. Yeah, I mean, they had to have a team versus a team, right? Exactly, exactly. And so, I think we'll get into that in the open mic section in a minute. But this, uh, this, that's, I think, the biggest weakness of this movie is that they try to do too, way too much with way too many characters. But Sabretooth, uh, nothing but a growly monster. Uh, toad. <laughs> exactly. Toad, kind of a gross monster that spits at people and uses his tongue for everything. It was Ray Park being a snarky, awesome guy. Yeah, I, did, I do love Ray Park in this. He's really great. Um, <laughs> And Mystique, uh, again, just an, more eye candy, honestly. Just another beautiful woman 
who it does it functions well in the story because she does a lot of the a lot of the trickery is done by Mystique, who is a character who can change. She's blue, but she can change how she looks to whatever she wants, and so she's constantly, you know, coming out as a different part of the story. Uh, okay. So this is, I think, where we need to dig down for our last few minutes of the who's it's and what's it's galore on, I think, the main two characters of this movie that are not Wolverine, and that's Professor X and Magneto. Absolutely. Uh, This is one of the best dichotomies in comics, and it's one of the best dichotomies in all of uh, superhero genre fiction. I love, 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 love their relationship. And it's just a classic struggle between we are an oppressed people. How are we going to deal with that? It's yeah. It's been described as Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yeah, I was literally just thinking that. Yeah, well, he even says in this movie, by any means necessary, which is a uh, Malcolm X quote, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it may predate him, but uh, it's it's it, that's this is this is the struggle here. It's they're an oppressed people, and they are going to do whatever they can. Uh, Magneto believes they should do whatever they can to defeat their oppressors, and he's not always wrong. You know, there's, 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 there's a, he has a point and that's what makes this struggle so interesting. Yeah. But then professor X has that same, that, that same idea of like, we have to not be oppressed, but he, he looks at it as if we strike out at them, if we fight back, if we hurt them, we become the monsters that they say we are. Yeah, exactly. It's nonviolent resistance, man. It's it, yep. it's a it's a beautiful example of that, and I really love it in this movie from the very first scene uh, where where uh, Professor X, you know, Professor X could probably stop Magneto in that first scene, what he's trying to do, but he really believes and wants to believe there's hope, not only for Magneto, but he says it multiple times in the movie uh, as he's as he's using. By the way, Professor X has telepathic abilities, so he uses it to dig through the mind of Eric Lynn Shear, who is Magneto. Uh, and throughout the movie, while he's doing that, he says, "What are you looking for? What are you looking for in my mind?" And he says, "Same thing. I'm always looking for. I'm looking for hope. Hope. Yep." And uh, that's a really interesting uh, examination of the human condition and what what it means to be Magneto versus Professor X. Because I think there I think there is something about that. Professor X needs hope because honestly, the path that Professor X is trying to take walk is a harder path. It's the and it's 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 a less sure path. If you're Magneto and you strike out, you know you're having an impact. But trying to change the hearts and minds of people by doing good for them, you're not sure you're having that impact. You know? Yeah. I mean, people always remember the negative that happens to them instead of the positive. That's that's just the the human condition, you know. It's yeah. it's a, a deterrent versus a reward. You remember the deterrent. Mm, that's yeah, and, absolutely. I mean, it's it sucks to think about it that way, but you know, the, it's it's effective. You know, Magneto's yeah. Magneto's approach may have been an effective one. Yeah, and and Professor X may you know it kind of feels ineffectual, even though it is you know ethically the right thing to do and then the better path to take it's the high road it's the high road uh but but you know uh some would disagree with that clearly uh there are people in this world and 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 i and i don't necessarily fault them uh matthew westfox of the superhero ethics podcast uh we we talk on our podcasts that we do together sometimes and he he discusses the the meaning the need in many movements of this type where you have a civil rights movement and sometimes you need both of those things to, to push against each other uh, to achieve the goal of equality. Uh, and I think that is a fair point. Uh, I tend to believe more in the MLK version, the Professor X version, but 
that there it is, it is a fair point that most successful civil rights movements have had both of those things. You have the it's the carrot and the stick working together that causes society to move in the right direction, uh, for for a lack of better terms. Yeah, yeah. God, this you know this this movie this discussion could go on for ever specifically just about whether or not it's it's right to live or whether or not it's right to to register mutants or if mutants you know have the the same basic rights to life that everybody else does if they can yeah. you know have their their peace their sense of self their right to privacy you know fourth amendment yeah. even <clears throat> absolutely well let's move on to our open mic and have those discussions okay uh, that, that was our who's it's and what's it's galore where we talk about characters now let's go to open mic where we just have any discussion left to have about this movie quick joke what sorry i have a quick joke that has to be said you know what the best way to introduce a joke is the best way to introduce yeah. a joke is go i have a joke i have a joke <laughs> let me let me let me get a joke in real quick please stop everything and listen i need you to hear about senator kellyfish <laughs> okay that was a good joke kelly fish uh the senator's name is kelly he turns into uh, what is a, basically a jellyfish by the end of the movie um and it's gross it's real gross he just turns into it's, water oh my god it's so nasty it's real nasty this movie's nastier than i remembered yeah yeah it is like we didn't think about it in in the 2000s as as younger people kids even uh 20 years ago we didn't think about it as like ew that's gross like think about her shoes like <laughs> this guy ran off of the table and she's standing right beside it. Like that probably got some splash on some parts of her. And she's like, if I were her, I would want to shower more than anything. Like we can't, we, we can't stop to go and like, you know, figure out where rogue is or, you know, go save anybody. I have to have a shower. Yeah. It's gross. It's gross. It's real gross. That combined with the scenes uh, where, I mean, Rogue's power of draining people, even in itself, where they, you can see their veins turn black and they start coming to the surface, that's real gross and, and kind of horrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she could be the center of a horror movie. Yeah. She could I be. absolutely agree. And then Ray Park spitting in people's face. Oh, yeah, that's real gross, too. And there's like a weird <laughs> mucus thing on Jean Grey's face after Ray Park spits at her it's real it's real gross guys it's real gross uh, my biggest takeaway from this movie though on a rewatch it's been a long time since i've seen this movie and my biggest takeaway was I, they just tried to do way too much like given yeah. what we've seen now with marvel movies and the the marvel movies that we've gotten and how they have introduced characters one at a time and then brought them together with movies like avengers i mean we've seen them do good team movies as well but this movie tries to introduce uh, literally everybody. Yeah, it tries to introduce you know like seven heroes and four villains and or five if you count the senator and give them all motivations and really make it. I think people often talk about the Marvel Studios movies being bad because the villains are weak. I often contend that that's one of the reasons they're good movies is because they don't take time to spend often in the first movie they don't take much time to build the villain because you're trying to build a hero and. Something Marvel Studios, I think, has learned is you really often only have time to build one or two good characters in a movie. And this movie builds up Wolverine and no one else. It builds Wolverine, Professor X, and Magneto. Those three yeah. characters are given enough time to be understood. And really, Professor X and Magneto only get two scenes uh, together. And that's about all you need because these actors are great and it's well-written. Um 
they're, they're, and the struggle that they're having, their conversation is what the entire thrust of the battle is about throughout the entire film. So I think that uh, if this, if they do this again, if and I'm sure we'll get X Men movies. I I think that it's a mistake to try to introduce all the X Men in one movie. It's just a di- it's an yeah. artifact of a different time. Like they felt like they had to make an X Men movie, so they made an X Men movie, and it is just like here's all the X Men. And it, <laughs> have you ever seen? Did you read Harry Potter? I didn't read it. I've watched the movies. Okay, if you're a reader of Harry Potter and then you go to watch the movies, the movies feel like highlight reels. Like they feel like, oh, I remember this scene from the book. They don't feel yeah. like they're telling you the story you got from the book. They feel like they're a highlight reel from the book showing you all the main major scenes. And that's how I felt about this movie. I felt like the entire movie kept showing me highlights of scenes I would like to see in, a, in an X-Men like, like splash page or, yeah. or showing me the characters doing cool things instead of like really taking the time to build the characters. Now, I, I think when I watched this uh, in the year 2000, I was 17. I thought this was the best comic book movie I'd ever seen, you know, and, and I think that's probably true. I mean, it kind of was because there weren't that many before this. Yeah. I mean, there was Batman, right? There was right. the the Batman series, uh, you know, Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher, which, you know, went downhill as you went. But that was, you know, there was a different feel to that altogether. This was an ensemble movie that didn't, like, if they had focused on character, it would have been fine. If they had focused on action, it would have been fine. But it kind of felt like they didn't do either of those things. Right. Like they, they tried to do both and failed. Because one of the coolest things about X-Men from the animated series and from the comics is when they're all working together as a team. They've come together as their, you know, their, their, uh, broken pieces kind of family, these awkward puzzle pieces together into this family and subsequently this team that can do all these amazing things together. When you've got like Colossus throwing Wolverine for the fastball special, things like that. But nobody worked together with their powers in this movie. Yeah. Other very than little. the one time that um, the, the visor was held by Jean Grey in a specific direction to, you know, to blast Sabretooth out of the, yeah. out of the Statue of Liberty. Well, That's and, about and it. I, they did a few things. Like they had Storm, we, we, we needed Wolverine to be at the top of that thing. So they had Storm use, use her powers to lift Wolverine and used Jean Grey to balance them. And all the while Cyclops is calling the action. So it's, that was them using all four of their abilities together, which is cool. I, I, I dug it, but they don't do much of that. I agree. And just generally, they just had too much to do in this movie. That's that's all. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Really, is that they had way too much, um, and they also don't embrace the comics clearly. Uh, it's a lot of um, like the joke about what do you what would you prefer yellow spandex? Maybe, maybe, or at least like <laughs> yellow leather. Like give me a give me a Wolverine yeah. that looks like the Wolverine from oh the comics. Oh my god, yellow leather or like burnt orange leather? Like yeah. his uh, his other costume would have been so good. Yeah. I, th- I think they really could have done some cool things. And I think generally just treating all the other characters like side characters to Wolverine and Rogue, even Rogue is a side character to Wolverine. Um, the, the Really the shining, shining things in this movie are the things they spend time on, which I guess it's good that they made decisions. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, it is like, it's good that, yeah. but it, but it kind of leaves a weird taste in your mouth. I don't think that Jean Grey, Cyclops or Storm ever recover from this movie. 
Like uh, yeah. from my my r- limited recollection of the future movies, they always kind of feel like the characters you don't really care about in these movies. Oh yeah, this is absolutely a uh, a Wolverine and Rogue series. I mean, the next one. No, no, the next one is entirely about Wolverine and and his past. Uh, if That's I recall right. correctly. That's right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fuzzy on the details of the next few movies, but uh, I don't. I do think they do a lot of wolverine focus throughout yeah well like you when i watched this you know 20 years ago i thought that this was the greatest superhero movie that's ever ever happened but you know looking back on it now you know you can look at it and see like it was okay you know it was decent it wasn't terrible but there are some things that they could have done better you know character focus you know character building world building you know slow burn into you know into the team rather than just kind of being thrown at it um, but yeah. then there are some things that were just like absolutely, you know, action movie holdovers from uh, from the 90s where things were just like super over the top. Like, for instance, when he's talking, when Wolverine and Rogue are talking in the truck and the the tree comes down right in front of him and he goes flying out the front window like that kind of thing doesn't like going that far would have happened at like you know, 60, 70 miles an hour. It did not look like they were traveling that fast. Right. Not fast enough for him to be launched like that. It's also a pro seatbelt conversation, which was felt pretty <laughs> bald to me. She was like, you need to wear your seatbelt. And then immediately they wreck and he flies out the window. It's kind of a joke. It's a seatbelt joke, uh, yeah. which, you know, all best jokes are seatbelt jokes. You got to let them know the joke is coming and then you got to make seatbelt jokes. That's how comedy yeah. works. Well, that's why I did the Senator Kellyfish. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll let you know it was coming and then I delivered. Yeah. But it wasn't about seatbelts, so you got dinged oh. on that point. Sorry. Mm. Uh, seatbelts and or trains need to be included in the next joke. Yes. Uh, let me just say, <laughs> the best thing, though, I think in this entire movie, is the relationship between Professor X and Magneto. And I love how it ends. I love the the, the, the nice ending of the movie where he's in a plastic cell because he can control metal. So you got to put him in a plastic cell. That's it, It's nice. It's very iconic. I remember just like, oh, how's he going to get out of that cell? You know he's going to get out of that cell. And it, they don't disappoint. The next movie has some cool stuff. So. Let's, uh, the, the last, uh, a couple, we got a couple more segments here. The next segment is called the Delta. This is the high points and low points of this movie. Uh, have you got a high point of this movie? I mean, the high point is the team coming together and them finally relying on each other, mm. but I don't know that they necessarily earned it. So I can't really call it the high moment. I mean, visually, you know, the, the thing that was in the trailer that was just so awesome that that brought you to this movie was the visual effects of mystique flipping through the air turning from wolverine into herself and kicking wolverine in the face yeah that is an amazing visual moment for sure um for for my high moment i (laughs) my high point of the movie i uh i guess i just ruined it i think the ending i think the ending with yeah Eric Lynch. I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I should, I should have waited. I literally it was twenty seconds ago. I said this, but uh, like I, yeah, my high point is that ending. Uh, I just, I think the relationship between uh, Professor X and Magneto is my high point. But if I had to pick a moment, it's that ending where he says, you know, I'm looking for what I always look for. I'm looking for hope. I'm looking yep, for hope. And he knocks over the chess piece. Yeah, and it's the, it's him. It's you know, check checkmate, Professor X. So it's a really nice yep. ending to this this little flick. It was nice that uh, they ended it with the hero not having to be killed, which was kind of a a new thing for you, the villain. Yeah, know, these kinds of movies, the villain not being killed. Yeah. Sorry, did I say hero? Yeah, I'm the villain. Okay. Uh, all right, and uh, my low point. 
my low point of this movie is the physics of Wolverine using his claws <laughs> to slide around in three dimensions <laughs> to slide around a one of the little hat pieces of the um, the, the, the Statue, Statue of Liberty. Liberty. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that is my low point. Yeah. That is one of the worst pieces of action I've ever seen on cinema, and it's dumb. And it's useless, and it's bad. It's just so bad. It's so bad. Oh, that's the thing that they couldn't get over with these movies. They couldn't get over the the physics of Wolverine's claws. Like, it's either this metal that can't be broken, and his claws are the sharpest thing ever and cuts through anything, or he can use them like hands. You can't have both. Yeah, and you can't be Spider-Man with them. And especially the, <laughs> yeah. the, the the piece that he slides around in three uh, three hundred sixty degrees also falls off afterwards. Like the physics of that yep. are bonkers. Like there's no way <laughs> you can slice into metal and have enough grip to go in a full circle around that metal. It was stupid. <laughs> so okay, yep. that's my low point. What you got? It was it was real bad. Uh, my low point in this movie was any time Anna Paquin was forced to act. Oh. Poor Anna Paquin. I, I didn't mind her that much. You know, I mean, they tried to give her some heartfelt moments of, of like, real uh, conflict within her. Like, should I go back? Should I stay? Should I leave and, you know, leave all this behind? Whatever. And her, her one thing that she kept doing is, like, closing her eyes and then opening them really wide. And there was no other acting in there. Wow. All right. Well, I'll have to look for that next time I do this rewatch. But you know what? You don't have to do this rewatch because we did it for you and kind of reminded you what happened in that first X-Men movie. There you go. Uh, You're all right. welcome. So, what do, so the last thing we're going to talk about in each episode is what do we hope from the series going forward? And we've seen the series for the most part. There's a few episodes, things we don't haven't seen. But I think specific to this series, we can talk about what we want when they bring the X-Men into the MCU. Well, we can talk about that. We can also talk about what we would like to see, uh, what they've learned uh, from this to put into the New Mutants, because this is leading up to the New Mutants movie coming out. Sure, sure, sure. And I I really, honestly, the New Mutants is a, it's an ensemble movie, much like this one, where we don't know a lot of the characters that are are in there, and we're going to have to be introduced to them all. Yeah. And I think that the, the major thing that they should have learned from this is that you you have to focus on building our characters, our heroes, and making us care about them, and give everybody something to do, you know? Some some arc to go through, even if it's small. Yeah. Because Storm in this movie was just, like, she, literally anything could have been standing where Halle Berry was for the entirety of this movie. It would not have changed. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bummer how they treat... I mean, her, Jean Grey, Cyclops, uh, and even Rogue... I have very little character movement in this movie. Uh, and I'd like, I'd, I'd like to see more of that. And, and really, uh, I, from the new mutants, what I want is a simple villain. And, and I know that's like kind of controversial given what Marvel gets shit for all the time, but I think they've got four <laughs> or five characters are trying to introduce in new mutants. And if they introduce those characters and the, the villain is just sort of this mystery, uh, horror villain, like it seems from the trailers, I think then that will be a powerful, that can be a powerful team and uh, a powerful way to introduce some characters. But if you try to give uh, seven heroes and five villains screen time, it's just not going to really happen for you, you know? Right. Um, And and I basically think the same thing for the MCU. Uh, If if we get another X-Men movie in the MCU, uh, 
anytime soon. I want the I would much prefer the classic Avengers way of doing it where I'd love a Wolverine movie, like which this basically was, but they intended to introduce it as a team. And I think if this if they had created a Wolverine and then they created a Cyclops, maybe I could actually care about that Cyclops going forward. But it, as it stands, like they in the yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. But they, they they do things in the series that are real bummers for those characters because I just don't think they set them up properly. Yep, yep. I think that uh, that going forward, if we're talking MCU, we've got so many movies coming up in the MCU. We've got so many things that have been announced already that it would be it would be silly to try to make individual movies for each of these mutants uh, and kind of like bring them in that way. <clears throat> I think that. You know, it's, it would either be silly to try to fit all that in, or it would take too long, and people would be like, "Okay, finally, like now we got a we got some mutants going on. We got you know we got X Men. They could very easily just fit these characters in in the background, you know, as like uh, as little either cameos or uh, little Easter eggs. Uh, you know, somebody needs to get a kid to a school in New York. They, you know, they, whatever. They, somebody's got you know they they send them on their way and then get back to their mission. Yeah. And we know, like, oh shit, that was you know that was Cyclops after he hit his head in Arizona or whatever, wherever he was. I can't remember. Um, but you know, if they if they introduce them as small background characters or or anything like that, you know, individually throughout the rest of the films, then we have we have a little bit to to work with. You know, it's the way that they did um, the way that they did Black Panther. They introduced him in Captain America: Civil War. And we we had a little bit to work with. We had a little bit to kind of chew on to understand T'Challa, and then then he had his first movie, his his solo movie, and it was awesome. And we 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 knew that character already. We got to see his growth, and then we also got introduced to the one of the best villains in uh, in the MCU because they were allowed to focus on him instead of having to focus entirely on the hero and introducing that entire world. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, guys. Well, that is our first episode. Please give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, we will be, uh, the, you know what? There will be uh, contact information in the credits because we don't have it yet. Woo! <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are a Stranded Panda podcast. Check out the contacts and uh, send us some uh, something, some info, and we will uh, do our best to cover it and, and, you know, honestly make changes to the show as we go because uh, we are going to be the show will be growing as we go because we're this, like I said, this is our pilot as it were. So hope you liked it. We'll be back soon with more X-Men next week. Peace. Bingers Assemble is a part of the Stranded Panda Network. To connect with us, search your favorite social media platform for Bingers Assemble or go to strandedpanda.com slash bingers. While there, you can find more from your host today and the rest of the Stranded Panda Network.